The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the 12th Doctor story, Into the Dalek. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Folks, remember to like The Secrets of Doctor Who on Facebook, where we're at facebook.com slash secrets of Doctor Who. And also follow us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. We'd love to see you there and hear your comments on what we're talking about. Also, we want to tell you about another show on the network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows, where we review all kinds of other old and new movies and uh, other shows and that sort of thing. You can check it out wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. So we're talking about Into the Dalek. Jimmy, can you give us a quick recap of this episode? It's the far future, and a group of rebel humans have an injured Dalek on their spaceship. The Dalek seems to be good, and it wants to kill all Daleks, so the humans want to help it. They send the Doctor and Clara into the Dalek by miniaturizing them so they can help heal it. We thus get a Fantastic Voyage Doctor Who Dalek edition. When the Doctor repairs the Dalek, it also returns to being evil, It contacts its fellow Daleks, and they start invading the human spaceship and exterminating people. But the Doctor is able to reawaken the memories that led the Dalek to being good in the first place, and he mentally bonds with it and makes the change permanent. The Dalek then sees into the Doctor's mind and realizes how deeply he hates the Daleks. The Dalek decides that this hatred is right, and it betrays its fellow Daleks and exterminates them. It then tricks the remaining Daleks into retreating and goes with them so it can kill them too. The Doctor, who is unsure whether he is a good man, is not happy about the fact that the Daleks saw such hatred in his soul. In other news, it's with this episode that the Doctor starts being a super-colossal jerk towards anyone who is a soldier, Mm. and in this episode, Clara meets and begins a romantic relationship with former soldier Danny Pink. So the stage is now set for lots of hypocritical overacting on the doctor's part. The end. (laughs) (laughs) A little editorializing there in the end, but uh, yeah, that was going to come up. That was going to come up. Because when we had first talked about this episode, that was a big element that came up where we talked about how the doctor just just seemed grumpy. It was very, you know, we have that, you know, fat Pope, thin Pope thing where we had a very happy-go-lucky doctor in the 11th doctor, and now they've decided to go with grumpy doctor and mm-hmm. the next doctor the 13th doctor is back to happy go lucky doctor i kind of wish they would find another personality thing to 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 switch back and forth with well they they are somewhat um one of the things they wanted for this doctor was not grumpiness in particular but alienness mm-hmm. cuz he can't be your boyfriend if, you know, given the age disparity between the actor they've chose to cast for the Doctor and the actress they've chose to cast for the Companion, um, he's the the public's not ready for that kind of age disparity, romantic 
toying with each other. And that means he needs to have something else he's bringing to the table. And they decide, let's go back to the alien thing like we had with Tom Baker, the most popular doctor in his day of all time. And yeah, he's like Tom Baker without the charisma. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not to say that he doesn't get better because uh, no, I, I it think... gets gets better but yeah. it's this is another flawed execution out the gate this is sixth doctor light right i was gonna say yeah. this this one feels a lot more sixth doctor than fourth doctor Father and of course, you know kind of watching it back you know watching it, you know second time third time or whatever the grumpiness isn't quite as off-putting to me it's just the what he's grumpy about more mm-hmm. is the context and like you mentioned jimmy about how he's become very militant in his anti-military. Yeah. You know, if you're ex-soldier, you can't come with me because you were a soldier. The brigadier is calling. Oh, wait, he's dying yeah. by this time. But, <laughs> you know, it. And, and as a reminder, the brigadier is technically considered a companion because he has traveled in the TARDIS a couple of times. So yes. right. multiple times. Multiple times. So, and the brigadier was regularly said to be the doctor's closest friend. So... Yes, I mean the, the 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 brigadier unit. Those are all parts of the Doctor's past, and even with big ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose with the tenth Doctor, we had a little bit of his um, grumpiness at unit back when we we saw that coming back the first time. But this, yeah, this takes it to a whole nother level, and it it just seems out of character. <laughs> I mean, if you could if you could say that the Doctor across incarnations has a set character, it does yeah. f- feel. A little much. Um, well, like they're, they're going for to, something. It, yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if he said, you know, having soldiers around reminds me too much of what I did during the time war or something like that. Then they yeah. could explain it. But no, this is just like, I hate you because you're a, a soldier or an ex-soldier. Because we'll yeah. see it with Danny Pink later on, too. And I had to wor- wonder about what is in Stephen Moffat's head because he's got an audience and that audience is made up of families, and lots of the people in the families are going to either have been military mm-hmm. or are military or have a close family member who is military. Yep. And, dude, you're insulting your own audience. What is right. up here? And, 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 I mean, I'll admit that probably part of my passion is the fact is I am a veteran of the military, of the of the Air Force. So I technically wasn't a right. soldier, but I'm sure I would be lumped in with that. And so that's kind of part of my personal passion as well. I mean, giving Moffat the benefit of the, doubt, maybe, of the doubt, maybe it's not that he's personally expressing an anti-military you know, personal view, but where he wants to set up character conflict and drama with Danny Pink entering into Clara's life. And that way, when he shows up on the TARDIS, that becomes a point of dramatic tension on the TARDIS. Yeah. Okay, let's see how let's see how well that works when we just change the job to something else that's that's you know I don't know more or less common, but mm-hmm. on a similar similar level, how about the Doctor becomes militantly anti teacher? Yeah, just any right. teacher. You're a professor. You're a grade school teacher. You're you're doing the devil's work. I hate you. Okay, is Stephen Moffat going to do that for his audience? Just for the uh, well, sake of building drama among I, characters? I could I could see it. I mean, the doctor does get kind of a little dismissive of of the of maths teachers later no, on. No, so. no, 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 no. I'm I'm talking the same thing. So yep. not just a couple of snarky remarks in one episode, but a multi-season arc of mm-hmm. ragging on teachers. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I see what you're say, I'm saying. I'm not, and I don't think that what he does is the right way to go, but just to giving the benefit of the doubt, it may not be that he's personally anti, mm-hmm. anti-military, but that he's, oh, no, he's I, barked I up the wrong was, tree, I think, with no, his dr- dramatic I, tension. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I think, I, I wouldn't propose that Stephen Moffat is personally anti-military, just that he's a woke opportunist. Mm. Sure. Sure. I mean that. Yeah. It's it's an easy easy target of uh, to to set up the military as the as the big bad guy. And again, as we've noted, it's it's a bit hypocritical for the doctor to to go mm-hmm. there, especially given that we've just come off of the 50th anniversary special with the War Doctor, and mm-hmm. and the fact that the doctor himself has, and so you know you could say self hatred or whatever. But it's still it just doesn't it feels wrong for him to be this militantly anti-military at so quickly such a big change yeah so it, so it anyway. also it yeah. also feels wrong for him to be suddenly questioning his own fundamental morality you yes. know clara mm-hmm. tell me am i a good man or not it's just like dude you've been a good man more times than people can shake a stick at you're kind of right. known for it and they, right. they even had an episode named a good man goes to war well that implies if he's going to war He's a good man. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and that becomes the overarching, the, the other overarching question of the season, it, which is, am I a good man? Is the doctor a good man? And we, we kind of delve into that. And I don't know. It's, it, it's very touchy feely, I guess. And it's, it's very nasal gazing, gazing of the doctor. It's mm-hmm. it just, it's not a great place to go with this. I mean, mm. Outward no. focused sort of doctor who's focused on others. That's a great story arc for a season. But this very internalized self therapy it 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 wasn't a it wasn't a great way to to lay out the first season of a new doctor. Frankly, yeah, and especially with Clara's belated counseling of, I don't know if you're a good man or not, but <laughs> I think trying is the important thing. Yes, Clara, that's exactly what you want to say to a potential psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. One as powerful as the doctor, frankly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So let's talk about another connection that this episode has, which Mm -hmm. is the first 2005 season episode, Dalek. Mm. Um, Not only do they, this may come as a shock, but they both have Daleks in them. (laughs) And, And more than that, they have single trapped vulnerable, semi-moral Daleks, mm-hmm. and they involve questions of the doctor's morality vis-a-vis Daleks, and both Daleks go on killing rampages, but then end up good, and both tell the doctor he would be or is a good Dalek. Mm-hmm. So right. this is like a remake of that episode. Yeah, just like uh, the the. Uh pitch what was the the guy on screen rant the uh, pitch meeting guy says oh yeah huh an mm-hmm. homage is uh, command uh, v command c <laughs> yeah yeah command c you know, command yeah control v control c yeah, yeah. um which vice is versa yeah which is uh basically kind of what this is is it's a, it's a bit of a, a copy of that i mean it's you could call it an homage but it is it bears striking resemblance one thing I thought was strange, though, is that they didn't call back to Clara's time, the one version of Clara, as a Dalek. 
that mm. there was like because there were similarities and the fact that she goes inside a Dalek, which is kind of what she was before, you know, it was very strange yeah, that they didn't bring I'll, that up. I could understand them not wanting to bring that up for the sake of it being too confusing to the audience who may mm-hmm. not have seen it because new new doctor new audience is the yeah. hope yeah and so you don't want to tie yourself too much too early on tie yourself down that way also from a diegetic perspective she that's a splinter off her at this mm-hmm. point so this clara didn't experience being a dalek right. right when she went into his timeline and got splintered and everything reset sort of yeah yep. right okay so uh, one thing I, I should point out is uh, I, I read that this idea of going inside, getting shrunk and going inside a Dalek was actually originally a pitch for an, a video game, a Doctor Who video game that never got made. Hmm. Oh. And, and so Moffat went back and said, that actually would make a good story. So he decided to make it into a, uh, into a, a, a script for mm-hmm. a show. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. See, mm-hmm. I, I figured that uh, Moffat had just watched, you know, Fantastic Voyage and said, "Hey, let's do that with Doctor with the Dalek <laughs> instead." You know, yeah. And we thus got the obligatory fighting antibodies scene because yep. every time you do a remake of Fantastic Voyage, you have to do a fighting antibodies scene. Which exactly. is a, we also saw when the Doctor went inside the tenth Doctor, eleventh Doctor went inside the uh, giant replica of himself the, mm-hmm. with the shrunken people inside, which also had antibodies in it. So, yeah, it's it's a trope. <laughs> you yeah. have to do it. Um, and for people who may not be familiar, Fantastic Voyage was a movie from the 1960s, if sure. I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, it starred Raquel Welch and other people. Yeah. <laughs> and it uh, involved a group of medical scientists being shrunk down in a tiny submarine and then being injected into a diplomat to save the diplomat's life and like stop a world war or something important like that yeah and um and any and any time and this is like kind of the thing in hollywood history and hollywood's imagination that drives this let's shrink people and put them inside other people thing Mm -hmm. right it was a unique story at the time and groundbreaking in its special effects. I mean, people were really t- taken back by it. Yeah. And so it's kind of stuck in the imagination of certain generations. And it almost gets remade a- as frequently in science fiction as the Seven Samurai do. <laughs> yes, it, that's right. So it, it starts with the doctor rescuing this pilot of this fighter that's being attacked by the Daleks. Uh, called who, Journey, who, her name is who, Journey Blue. Oh, I know. She has the awesome name, Journey Blue. What an <laughs> awesome, that is an awesome name. <laughs> that is an awesome name. I love that name. That is wonderful. Yeah. Um, much better name than Danny Pink. And, <laughs> and they even hang a lantern on the pink-blue soldier theme oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Clara mentions, oh, I just met a soldier named Danny Pink. And and it's like, oh, um, um. anyway, <laughs> yeah. Journey Blue is a great name. Yeah. And it's wasted on this character because she doesn't get to go with the doctor. I'd love a companion named Journey Blue. I'd love this actress as a companion yes, named Journey absolutely. Blue. Mm-hmm. It is, well, yeah, I mean, that's sort of jumping to the end. But yeah, he does say, like we said before, he says, uh, to her, I think you're probably nice. Underneath it all, I think you're kind and you're definitely brave. I just wish, wish you hadn't been a soldier. And then slams a door in her face. And it's Fighting like, Daleks. 
Yeah. You have They're, a problem with a soldier fighting Daleks? Who, that, well, that makes no sense, including from this incarnation of the Doctor. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and given that they are this resistance, this 31st century, I saw somewhere that it's the 31st century, 31st century resistance to the Daleks taking over the everything, like they are just a small remnant remaining, pretty much everybody would be a soldier by that point, <laughs> fighting for yeah. humankind's survival. It, it's a weird take from the, the Doctor to to be... He he says some other uh, things like that are somewhat hostile. Uh, Dry your eyes, journey blue, cryings for civilians. He says very mm. disdainfully. Um, it's it's how you, we communicate with you lot. So you know civilians are the ones who cry. That's how we communicate to soldiers who are all cruel. I guess uh, you don't yes. like soldiers much. And he says you don't need to be liked. You've got all the guns. It's a it's a weird, overly hostile take. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, you're um, not a good man at the moment. Exactly. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so he rescues her by dematerializing the TARDIS around her as her ship explodes. So that's how she gets aboard the TARDIS. So when they get aboard the mothership, called the Aristotle, she's the first experience of the TARDIS's dimensionality is when she walks out of it and says it's smaller on the outside. And he says, yep. it's a bit more exciting when you go the other way. <laughs> Which yeah. I, I like that one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, so we, and then we get... Uh, Danny Pink at Coal Hill School, classically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the school where the first doctors, uh, first companions were teachers. And uh, he's teaching his class, and he's a, 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 a ex-soldier. And when the student, a student asks him if he's ever killed someone, he has this tear roll down his face. Actually, he's asked, have you killed someone? And he's like, well, I was a soldier. Have you ever killed someone who's not a soldier? And that's where he shuts up and sheds a tear. Do we... Ever get yes. a resolution to th- we do? This is this is setting up the season finale where we find out what happened. Okay, because uh, I had I, I didn't recall. Um, now when Clara meets him, she's kind of rude to him. Like she kind says, of. <laughs> "You you shoot people and cry about it afterwards." She doesn't realize he's had this happen, but mm-hmm. but that's a that's still a weird thing to say to to a, an ex soldier. Like, yeah, it's weirdly hostile. Well, still, you know, although she doesn't mean it that way. Well, because he he says something to the extent of you know being a soldier is different in the military today than than just that. Oh, and that's where she says you know I'll shoot people and cry about it. And it's just like, you know that I mean that that sounds like something that first of all fit would fit out of the doctor's mouth in this episode to begin with. Yeah, but it, it's just like I would never think of saying that to you know no. someone who was who who had served in war. I would never think of saying something like that. Yeah. No, and, and, and I I don't I mean. We haven't always had the name for post-traumatic stress disorder, but we've always had post-traumatic stress oh, yeah. disorder. And right. um, and it doesn't matter what weapons you're using. Mm-hmm. Humans do not easily kill other humans. As, at least, yeah. I mean, I can't say maybe in a tribal society where you've been raised to do that, it's easier, but... Unless in, in that's who you are, and no modern soldier in a modern military is, um, humans do not easily kill other humans. There were some right. studies done in the Vietnam War where they would find, and there were experiences in the Vietnam War where, despite the fact that the U.S. military had trained soldiers to kill, they would like get over there and every single person in the unit would deliberately fire high. Because mm-hmm. they were, they were just, they couldn't ease at first. They could not bring themselves to shoot another human being. 
right. and it and it, it was found that those who did shoot other human beings, this is where the studies come in, either suffered tremendous post mortality uh, psychological issues because they felt mm-hmm. so horrible for having killed another human being, or they were psychopaths who didn't care who they were killing. Right, <laughs> right, right. That would make sense. So, yeah, it it just seems weirdly critical. Uh, so it that's not a good uh, foot to get off on with <laughs> between mm-hmm. Danny and Clara. So the uh, so, but there's still but this then romantic... she starts coming on to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's very uh, she's very aggressive, uh, which is good for Danny because he's uh, very tentative <laughs> with mm-hmm. romantic. So that's about the only way they were ever going to go out. So uh, the doctor ends, shows up. He's I like the fact that he's carrying takeout coffee, like the takeaway. He's got mm-hmm. the coffees mm-hmm. that he had said at the end of the last episode that they were going to get coffee. And so th- without saying, you know, drawing it on the on the chalkboard, this is that coffee. Um, oh, they, like, oh. They, they hang a lantern on that. Clara says, yeah, I sent you out for that three weeks ago. What happened? I got distracted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It was in, in Glasgow. She, like, so she had to make her way back from Glasgow to back to London uh, on her own without the doctor. That That would. Like, that would be a funny little uh, uh, short side story to to see somewhere. Um, so they go off back to he he has come to get her to go back to this uh, ship in the future to deal with this Dalek um, because he needs her. He he mm. real he realizes he can't deal with this Dalek the way he is, and so as he he says that famous line, "She's my carer. She cares, so I don't have to." Which is a yeah. really, you know, troubling line. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 also funny, and it's also it also depends. This is an area. This is a line where UK English differs from American English because mm-hmm. we would not say she's my carer. Um, right. We would say in the old days we would say she's my caretaker. Yes. And um, these days, they the preferred expression, I guess, is she's my caregiver. Right. And and both of those would actually work, you know, with slight modifications of the line. She's my caretaker. She takes care so I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Or right. she's my caregiver. She gives a care so I don't have to. Yep. Right, right. Um, there's also a little bit of uh, the doctor kind of very clearly disdaining uh clara's uh looks and beauty and you know very making it clear not doctor is not her boyfriend anymore um you know Mm -hmm. what are you smiling at i wasn't smiling anything i you you were smiling at nothing i'd almost say you were in love to be honest and uh he says well you're not a young woman anymore yeah (laughs) him him hinting about or picking up on the fact that she's she's interested in danny pink yes um (laughs) <laughs> I want to know why did the um why did the future humans decide the doctor is at all qualified to go into a Dalek? Mm. They there's this leap in mm-hmm. in the plot from where they introduce him to the Dalek to where he gets Clara and brings her back. And I thought, "Oh, that's clever in that it uh it 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 gets Clara into the story without us having to watch a scene where he's like, okay, I'm going to go away now, but then I'm going to come back. And, you know, we just leapt right over that, him explaining right. to them why he's leaving. But, yes, he will come back to work on the Dalek. Um, on, but 
we leapt over too much because they, she all all um, Journey Blue knows about the Doctor when he materializes his ship on the art on the Aristotle is that he's got a ship that can materialize on the Aristotle and he calls himself a Doctor. Why would you think this guy is qualified to treat a Dalek? You know, well, there there should be some. I, that's the conversation I want to see. I don't want to see the housekeeping conversation about mm-hmm. I'm going to go get Clara so she can be involved in the story. I want to see what's the basis. I mean, what did the doctor offer? You know, how does this happen? Well, Journey has this line where she says, he's a doctor and we have a patient, don't we, uncle? She says to the guy in charge, who's apparently her uncle. And yeah. it's and, and it's like, but they don't know that the Daleks have organic components inside, like because that's a surprise well, to them later, right? They've just learned that mm. that it has organic components, but they haven't diagnosed what's wrong with it, and they right. don't know if the problem is biological or mechanical. I mean, what yeah. I want to know what was running through the doctor's head when he agreed to this. It, to, it yeah, every, all of that is a giant leap. Where like they just kind of like just accept it, moving on. We got a lot of we got a lot of episode to do after this, yeah. so we don't want to spend any time talking about that. And they just kind of ask us to accept it, you know. Uh, uh, okay, so the uh, it's a it's a broken Dalek, and he's broken in a good way, uh, which is that he thinks all Daleks must be destroyed. So he, so damaged, it's gone good, and uh, so we get journey to the center of the Dalek. There's a a uh, molecular nucleizer or something that shrinks. It's a shrinker. It shrinks people down to teeny tiny. <laughs> And it's yeah. a little capsule, kind of like the submarine in the original Fantastic Voyage. Yep. Right. What I what I do like is they is they stress you must breathe normally, like when you're on an airplane and they mm-hmm. say they're demonstrating how the mouth cups work and just say breathe normally. And here too, except um, if you don't, then you will explode as you're being miniaturized, yep. which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. But it still adds some nice drama, and you see them as they're being shrunk. Everybody's trying to breathe normally, and when they get when they get down to tiny size, they the 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 people in charge check in with them, and it's like, "How are you? We're okay. Nobody popped." Because <laughs> yeah. that makes you think, you know, that must have happened once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It sounded to me like it happens frequently. They seemed rather relieved that nobody popped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's interesting that the way they get into the Dalek is through the eye stalk. So apparently that blue glowing bit on the end of the eye stalk is not a glass lens. It's a force like, field of some kind. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking like almost like the aqueous fluid of the eye, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And that was yeah. probably what they were going for. Although it, you know, it, it, more of an effect of being windblown or kind of the kind of combination of windblown and swimming through it. Yeah. That's kind of was, what they went for. Kind of trippy uh, on the way in. Yeah. The vitreous uh, fluid of the eye. Uh, that's what it's vitreous. Thank you. I was trying to think of the word. Uh, so one of these soldiers wants to get inside. He they, he ticks off the antibodies, basically, because, like we said, the Daleks have... He gets vaporized. And the doctor has this... As he's, these antibodies are coming at him, the doctor kind of says, stand still and starts scanning him. Everyone thinks he's trying to save him. But well, the doctor... And he, he tosses him a, a small object and says, swallow that. Yeah, and he does, and and he's like, "What now?" And then that's when he gets disintegrated, and it turns out that the 
everyone's assumption that the, what looked like the pill the guy took was to help him in some way. No, it's not to help him at all. It's so the doctor can track where they take his remains. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah, he's very cold about it, very uncaring. Um, whereas like the 10th or 11th doctors at least would have said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, you know, or something yep, like that. Yeah. They would have looked sad about it, but they, you know, yeah, I can't say. They did the thing, he was, he was already dead at that point. They said, you know, it just, it hadn't happened yet. Right. And yeah. And, I can and, accept that, but the doctor's uncaring way about it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's, this is an instance where I didn't mind that alienness. That's okay. I mean, you know, given the direction they're going, I thought that was a reasonable implementation of it. Mm-hmm. And it does allow them to follow the remains to the Death Star's trash compactor. Yep. Right. <laughs> yes, to where they, the, uh, there's a protein slurry that uh, the 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 living parts of the Dalek live off of. Uh, they apparently um, uh, digest the bodies of the uh, of their enemies that they've killed. Uh, some of them, anyway. Uh, and so the doctor makes a point, like when you when this is the least secure part of the Dalek. They, there's no point in uh, you know scanning Defending this area. The that, dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, you don't need to guard the dead. Although. Later on in this season, that we find out that's not exactly true, is it? <laughs> the, the guard, guarding the dead actually is something you have to do. Uh, they they're covered in goo. Did you notice the uh, the little bit of a, a leap that they make? They're they're covered in goo. Then they crawl out of it, and suddenly they're all dry. Hair is blow dried. Oh, they, well, they went through some tunnel access point, mm. something or another that ha- just happened to be perfectly warm and yeah, dries off the dry them off. the goo. And blow and dries look absolutely perfect, and yeah, yeah. blow dries Clara's hair. So, uh, <laughs> so the doctor ends up fixing the Dalek's broken bit, which returns it to normal, which is normal for a Dalek is to hate everything else. And I, I was kind of like, could you not have maybe foreseen that, like, if you fix what's broken, the Dalek is going to go back to the way it was? I thought well, that was especially kinda... since what was broken was basically radiation poisoning. The Dalek yeah. was being radiation poisoned, and so if Dalek being good is because it's it's got a, it's poisoned. Keep it poisoned. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe minimize the poisoning so it doesn't kill it quite so quickly. Right. You like know? maybe close it most of the way, but not all the way. I don't which, know. Which, by the way, the Sonic is now also a welder. Apparently, yeah. Great, great welding. But Sonic welding is a thing. So you know, they, they, yes, I, I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Clara uh, has a nice uh, a moment where she slaps the doctor, even oh, though. Yeah. Uh, because hey, you know I, they're going to die, he's a bit pleased to be proven right. Yeah, I love the. He looks at her and and she's glaring at him, and he and he says, "What's that look?" And she says, "This is the look you you get when you're about to be slapped by me." And then she slugs him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it's this. She's she's not wrong because yeah, what what she's upset is is he he just looks kind of smug at. See, I was right. Daleks cannot be redeemed. Daleks are evil. And she's like, "We're going to die," and you're happy that that. You're right, proven right as we die. That's a that's a terrible thing. And yep. she also challenges she challenges him and says, "Is that really the lesson we've learned today?" And she's what she's hinting at is actually there's a different lesson to learn, which is Daleks can be good. Yes, and so let's try to exploit that. Right, and so he decides that the what to do is we need to remind the Dalek of why it was good because it had said it had it had been left floating in space and saw the birth of a star and it reminded it of that life always finds a way. Um, and that's where dinosaurs come from. So <laughs> must, must have been 
floating in space for hundreds of thousands of years because that's how long it well i mean i guess it depends on the size of the star but seeing a starborn is not a um is not a day-long outing no put it that yeah. way well and it is a an old style dalek i mean this is a like the same the same vintage of the one from the 2005 you know the ninth doctor season dalek episode so it could be related to that um been out there a long time um mm. so they have to go uh distract the dalek while the doctor does his mind melt with it and uh there's a, the other soldier that's there gretchen who is uh cannon fodder red shirt yeah but mm-hmm. she is nice i like her yeah. so she is she is she her name is gretchen allison carlisle and we know that because they're in a crunch and the only way that anyone can see out of it which she sees is i'm going to set a repelling line so we can get up in the dalek to where we need to be but that will injure the dalek and it will trigger another antibody swarm like the one that killed ross Mm -hmm. and after carefully quizzing clara and the doctor about is there any other way and is this going to be worth it meaning my sacrificing my myself she um she she then says okay my name is clara or is gretchen allison carlisle build something and name it after me and then she right. shoots she shoots the um uh she Drop shoots it. the gun and yeah. they get up and she suddenly is in heaven having tea with missy right yep. everyone who in every episode so far this season going in for the future episodes uh, this season, every, what, at least one person who dies per episode ends up with Missy in, in heaven. Uh, although she does, she says, do something good and name it after me. And that's, yeah. I think that's key because of mm-hmm. the whole, am I, am I the good question? Um, and she's, yep. and the doctor says, I'll do something amazing. I promise. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, so he notice he doesn't say I will do something good. So there's that doubt mm-hmm. in the doctor's mind about his being good. So, yeah. There's also an interesting discussion in here in when he's talking to Rusty. So Rusty is the name he gives to the Dalek. Um, and he's talking to Rusty and he says he starts referring to his time as the first doctor. And we've got an interesting admission here where he says, when I originally left my home world, I was just running. I I wasn't trying to do anything good or anything like that. But then I went to Scaro. And that's the second Doctor Who story is where he goes mm-hmm. to Scarrow for the first time. And I met you lot and I realized I needed to do, you know, good stuff. So his his at least from his perspective, he doesn't know anything about the, you know, pre Hartnell doctors. But from his perspective, um, it was meeting the Daleks that turned the doctor into a hero. And that's extremely consistent with what we see in the earliest episodes of Doctor Who, where in the very first episode, An Unearthly Child, he's like a criminal. I mean, he literally kidnaps Ian and Barbara. He is super secretive and paranoid and not at all a hero. He doesn't, that doesn't begin to emerge until he does go to Scarrow. That's true. That's true. And when they, well, before we get, he starts seeing the Doctor's memories, uh, Clara is meanwhile with Journey. They're trying to f- f- turn on the bits of the of the Daleks, you know, brain backup that has the memories that made it good. The memories of the, brain of the stars. Yep, and uh, <laughs> brain pal. That's right. They turned uh, from John Scalzi. Yes, 
<laughs> and uh, the, so they, they they see the console. It's kind of a very funny computer thing because she's like, so, oh, those the bits where the lights are out, that's probably the parts that aren't working. Maybe it's just the bulbs are out. <laughs> yeah. It could be, but I hope not. <laughs> so she starts uh, uh, running around there banging things. That's how you make it work. And uh, so because the, of maintenance always works. Always works. Yes. Uh, reboot. And then uh, the the Dalek sees into the Doctor's mind, and it starts with this thing where we we feel we think it's oh it's right it's seeing the good I see beauty I see divinity I see hatred you know pure hatred is good and it's beautiful well and, of the Daleks is good uh, yeah. right right and that's the part that the the Dalek holds on to and that the Doctor's like no 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 that's that's not the lesson here <laughs> that hatred mm. is 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 uh, good. And, uh, but he, he's no, there's no way to pull it back. But the doctor is kind of, uh, well, he says, you know, no, no, you, there, you must see more than that. There must be more than that. He's afraid that all that's left in him is that hatred. I think that's where we get that question where he asks Clara, am I good? Is, is that or all that's left of me? Is that? It. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Rusty ends up hating the Daleks and the Daleks, he, he get well. He's he gets the Daleks to retreat from this ship that they've been at boarding and attacking, and uh, they survive another day. The the Aristotle and Rusty survives many more days because he's mm-hmm. going to come back at the very end of the Twelfth Doctor's time, having become a legend as a Dalek fighting Dalek. Yep. Right, that's right. And we've seen you know Dalek rebels before, where the Doctor turns some uh, Daleks against the other Daleks in the Second Doctor's story. Yeah, uh, the one where he meets Victoria, evil, evil of the Daleks, evil of the Daleks, right? D evils a bunch of them, yeah, well, as well as the seventh Doctor story, the Revelation of the Daleks, Remembrance, Remembrance, excuse me, Remembrance, remembrance of, of the Daleks, yes, that's where we meet uh, the Hand of Omega. Was that, was that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, so yeah, th- this is a recurring theme in the Doctor trying to <laughs> create a Dalek resistance. It lasts a little while. Um, so the Doctor says. Uh, you know, victory would have been a good Dalek. You know, this isn't victory. Victory would have been making a, a good Dalek. And Rusty says, I am not a good Dalek. You are a good Dalek. Hmm. And it's that play on words of, you're not good Dalek. You're a good Dalek because Daleks hate and you hate. So uh, it's it's not a, a very happy ending for the Doctor in this or case. Or the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not It's not a very satisfying victory in the end. Uh, so and then that's where we we wrap things up. We, you know where he rejects Journey from coming, as we said, and they he takes her back to uh, takes Clara back to the Coal Hill School, where she's uh, gonna go out for a drink with mm-hmm. Danny, I guess. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. And um, he said, Danny says, "I thought you have a rule against soldiers," and she goes, "No, no, not at all." So apparently, Clara at least not me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, she's apparently changed her mind, or at least. Become oh, more no, open. no, no. She she didn't have a problem with soldiers. She was just being. She was attempting banter when she right. first met him, and it was just not clicking. Given his, oh yeah, he really does kill people and cry about it afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. But that was attempted playful banter on her part. She never had a rule against soldiers, or she wouldn't have been coming on to this guy. That's true. Right. That's true. That's true. Um. So, any uh, last thoughts, Father Corey? Nothing here. Jimmy? Um, So even though I'm largely down on a lot of the way this episode was handled, I mean, it's not terrible. Um, It is, after all, a remake of an episode that was, you know, 
quite well received, and it has uh, some of the same elements, even if, okay, so so A New Hope and The Force Awakens are different how? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, so there's, there's some stuff to like in this episode. And um, Moffat's signature dialogue is on display in this. There's a, a bit where the Doctor has first gotten Clara to the Aristotle in the future, and he's showing her Rusty for the first time. And she she realizes that it's 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 behaving like a good like a good Dalek, and Clara says, "What do we do with a moral Dalek then?" And the doctor says, "We get into its head." And she's like, "Hmm, how do you get into a Dalek's head?" That was not a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was yeah yeah. That yeah, that's the thing is is even even the the episodes where I'm critical of of something even vital to the story, mm-hmm. Moffat is just just so good at the dialogue and the quippy banter that it's just it's there's a lot of good a lot of fun lot to like um I, and for for my criticisms of this i i have to say i did enjoy this episode i i, I don't want mm-hmm. to to leave the impression that i did not like the episode i just don't like the doctor's attitude toward the soldiers that's that's i just don't like that pre, that prejudice against soldiers but uh, uh, other than that i enjoyed this so all right, so if that's uh, uh, all we have for today, we'll uh, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Chris E., James S., Jonathan H., Ryan Z., and Paul E. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And we'd like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So, what do you think of Into the Dalek, this 12th Doctor story? You can comment on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or send an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing, it's a special treat, the second Doctor story, The Web of Fear, which has just been released as an all-new animated version uh, because it's one of those lost episodes. So, uh, I'm it looking forward to that. It has a lost episode. Yes. Yep. Right, it's uh, missing one of the bits was missing. So they've animated it, and uh, so this is just released. So I'm really looking forward to this. So until then, Jimmy Yakin, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Tom. Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Tom. And once again, I'm Tom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, resistance is futile. <laughs>